Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Well, good morning, listeners from all over Central Texas. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host today, Judy Como. I am thrilled for the show, and now my mind is going 100 miles an hour trying to organize these thoughts that I've been trying to do thus far this morning. I'm in the station with our station manager, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning, Judy. <laughs> You took you? such a deep breath. I thought I, know, I, I faked was you out. Have to I faked you out. Lean back away from the mic. How's it going today? It is going fantastic. I also am thrilled to be in the studio with a first class, world class nail clipper. Absolutely. And that would be our good friend, Matt, Matt Rice. Rice. Good morning, Matt. <laughs> I made the mistake of, of cl- <laughs> trimming a cuticle because it was hurting Listen. me. So now I'm a world class nail clipper. Well, nice. If you're going to be, you should be world class. That's right. Amen. Uh, if you got to do okay. anything, do it great. I'm, I'm a little jealous. I probably have six clippers in my truck with me at all times. And then there's some no. in my kitchen and there's some by my computer because although I don't play the guitar as much as I have in the past, I need them just Frequently. so. And when they get one day past that, it's it's a thing. Yep. But I mean, I had to make fun of Matt a little bit, tease him a little bit, because I had to make him look silly. Because you if you could silly. see my face right now, well, I really look it. silly. I really look bad. Because I saw you on Monday and just said, okay, I'm not going to ask you what happened. If you want to tell me about it, that's okay. Matt, So did you actually pretend hand? like nothing happened? No, I said, I you see it. You looked at it. that face and you said, you I just see said, it, I'm not going to say I'm anything. Gonna, yeah. I'm sure you've said it so, so many times. So it's just a face that's perfect for radio. <laughs> Thank you so much, Judy. I I'm really appreciate you. you. I mean, I the love that is coming off of you. you towards me is just, uh, it makes the pain uh, so much less. I really hope this isn't anything serious. <laughs> so I was at a pool party on on Sunday over the weekend uh, celebrating my l- wonderful, wonderful mother-in-law, her birthday. Yay. And my, my love goes Happy out birthday, to you, mama, if you're listening. Um and we were having a pool party, and it was at a pool that we've we've had uh, pool parties at many, many times before. And I uh, wanted to kind of get into the festivities, and the kids were already in the pool, and I so I dove in. It was an eight-foot uh, pool. Diveable? Eight, di- yeah, diveable. diveable. I, I should have slipped in. I should have just done the slip-in dive, but I was a little bit more aggressive. Went down, but I thought I was coming up at a sharp angle, and I was actually coming up at a much shallower angle. Ouch. And I had my eyes closed, and I ran into the side of the pool, a rough-hewn rock Ouch. side, and it gouged my nose out mm. right underneath where my glasses sit on my nose and gave me a little uh, raspberry, raspberry? A little yeah. raspberry on my uh, forehead. And uh, so it looks pretty bad. looks yeah. pretty nasty. <laughs> no broken bones. Thank I still you. have both eyes functioning. Thank you. And, and your glasses I, actually sit above it. And my glasses thankfully sit above it. And I've been wearing my glasses, not my contacts the last few days because I want to try to hide 
the it's uh, not offending. It's not working. Just <laughs> it just doesn't so blend you know, in. Mark I'm sorry. On my, and the worst part of it, the worst, and my lovely wife, she's so patient with me. She's not once said anything to me about the mistake to my faccia in this regard. But the worst part of it is that on Saturday, we have my new baby girl's baptism. And what comes along with baptisms? Photographs. Lots of photos. So we're going to be having some, either we're going to be having this in the photo and just dealing with it, or we're going to be having some digital manipulation of the the face. I forget that we share an Italian heritage. And so when you share Italianisms off out of the blue, yeah. it takes me off guard. So that's funny. I think my, you should. I, I, I am right faccia, now. I'm a faccia, faccia brute. I'm a faccia <laughs> brute right now. <laughs> you should definitely leave it in the photos. There you go. Yeah. Then you get to tell the story for years Absolutely. to come. That's true. I think I, you're right. I think honesty I, is always I, the best policy. The, yeah. the person that I am tried to convince him to at least say there was a kid in the pool first, and it makes it sound a little more heroic. Than yeah. He's going to save someone. Yes. Or... There were children in the pool, but they were completely safe. There was <laughs> yes. no need for me to have okay. to jump in at that point. No. Live no. and learn. Yeah, live, live and learn. And learn. So live and learn. I want to welcome all of our listeners uh, around Central Texas, especially here in Bryan College Station, listening on KEDC 88.5 FM KYAR. 98.3 in Waco, Central Texas, and our listeners in KINF 107.9 FM, Palestine. Uh, Matt uh, and I have been friends for whew, 12, 13, 14 years that we've been youth ministers together. 10 with the blaze, but wh- I met you while you were... I, I moved into town in 2008 of June. Well, so it's see, been eleven years. You're, 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 you're close, but it's been eleven years since yes. I've since I've since moved into town. Since we were both mm-hmm. uh, middle school youth ministers uh, across the tracks from That's each right. other. At yep. St. Joseph and Matt. Who was on the other side of the tracks? Which one? <laughs> Which one's on the well, wrong it side? Depends. <laughs> depends. Depending on the day. And depends we have been start. working to build a bridge over Texas Avenue here in Bryan and College Station for many, many years. Yeah. But Matt, welcome. Um, we have lots of evangelization and discipleship opportunities coming about things these are two subjects that are very important to both of us and we work hard on our day-to-day to learn more about evangelization and discipleship so we're gonna talk about that in the second part of our uh, show today we at Red Sea Roundup are uh, attempting to talk weekly about saints and churches and I had uh the pleasure of many saints this week, feast days, to choose from. And today is the feast of St. Augustine. Yesterday was his mother, St. Monica, who I probably am prepared to talk a little bit more about, but can't leave Augie out because some of my most favorite quotes and songs based on some of his writings um, that I love very much. So St. Augustine His feast day follows his mother, St. Monica, who prayed earnestly for his conversion to Christianity. St. Augustine is perhaps the greatest sinner-turned-saint story in church history. His former wayward life paired with his dramatic conversion and profound theological influence on the Catholic Church and is a testament to God's glory. St. Augustine beautifully wrote a prayer in his confessions after his conversion. 
Late have I loved you, O beauty ever ancient, never new. Late have I loved you. St. Augustine, pray for us. And uh, most of what we know about his mother, St. Monica, comes from his writings, Confessions. And um, Matt, I would assume you know a little bit about St. Monica as we have a beautiful ministry here that you've um, head up, brought to our attention to uh, utilize St. Monica as our intercessor. Yeah, the, the it's funny because I feel like I'm a, a bit of a ministry junkie. Yeah. I, I tend to start new ministries all the time. I see something that Iron needs to be and done. Many fires. Yeah, I see that see something that needs to be done, and and I I start it. Um, but the Saint Monica, what really inspired me and what inspired this ministry was her prayer for her son and for her husband. You know, combined, I think she prayed for 33 years. You know, for the conversion of her son and her husband. And it happened, you know, so that kind of persistence um, is admirable. Absolutely. (laughs) Saint worthy for sure. Um, And so that's what's inspired the St. Monica's Army ministry that we do at St. Joseph's. I I am at a phase in my life. uh, My husband is midway through formation to become a deacon in the Catholic Church. So uh, please pray for Keith and I in this uh, journey. But as we were approaching our first year and we were involved in a lot of things, and of my spiritual director, you need to step away from some things. And the more I step away from one thing, three things come up. And mm-hmm. I was like, Holy Spirit, you keep, did you not hear me say that I'm stepping away from things and these ideas come to us? And um, I think that that's the personality of a youth minister that you're wearing so many hats at one time and uh, always focusing towards the kingdom of course. Well I think um, and I think it may it may be more than just a minute just a youth minister but any kind of ministry leader who who sees the kind of pain that is out there in mm-hmm. our community and in the people we serve you have a heart to serve that to to reach into that to to be Christ to that. And so yeah, it's hard not to do something about that pain when you see it. Right. Exactly. So um lots of online things to look up about saints are always available. Uh, St. Monica not only converted her husband, but her mother-in-law also. And um, as I Googled and tried to shorten up and make it sound like I'm telling y'all instead of reading it, um, a very my personality information about St. Monica came up and uh, it said that She could have been known as a nagging wife, a bitter daughter-in-law, and a despairing parent, yet she did not give away to those temptations. She was always persistent and went where God called her, and uh, the reflection on it was just so cute. Today, with Google searches, online shopping, text messages, tweets, and instant credit, we have little patience for things that take a long time. Likewise, we want answer to our prayers. St. Monica is a model of patience. Her long years of prayer, coupled with the strong, well-disciplined character, finally led to the conversion of her hot-tempered husband, her cantankerous mother-in-law, and her brilliant but wayward son. Um, She had three sons. We never get to hear about them very much, (laughs) but uh, maybe they didn't write anything, but as she... What is particularly endearing to me, and as I 
have a devotion to the souls in purgatory. Her conversation with her sons towards the end of her life, as they were born in North Africa, went to Rome, went to Milan, traveled quite a bit. Uh, Her sons were trying to decide where to bury her. So her favorite quote on my favorite quote of hers on her deathbed was, bury my body wherever you will. Let not care of it cause you any concern. One thing I ask that you remember me at the altar of the Lord, wherever you may be. That's also taken from St. Augustine's writing on confessions. So someone tell my daughters, (laughs) besides me, to have masses said for me. And uh, let's start working on our purgatory while we're here on earth. There you go. So I... Love, love, love that. So that's the best way we can honor those who have gone before us. And so um, St. Monica is the patron saint of alcoholics, conversion, married women, and mothers. So we ask for her intercession in our day-to-day as parents, as ministers to all of those. So as uh, we look towards our break, I want to remind our listeners that our guest is Matt Rice. He is the president and co-founder of Ablaze Ministries, and he has a finger in a couple of other pies. Uh, We're going to talk about The Well coming up, and we're going to look forward to an event that's taking place here, super-duper big event called One Hope, and um, all of those. So give us a little snippet of those three things as we go towards break. Sure. Um, Before we move on to that, St. Monica's Army is the ministry that we were talking about. That ministry is meant to pray for those who have strayed from the church. So if we have loved ones who have left the church or strayed from the church, and at this time in the church, it's easy to see people um, leaving. So that's what, come and pray for them and build up your army of prayer warriors. The next meeting for that is September 26th at St. Joseph Church. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know, like in response to that, partially we have the well, and that's an outreach ministry of St. Joseph's that uh, is is geared to be a really good kind of shallow entry point for people to come into the church, to learn about the church, come back to the church. And then one hope is the, the goal is to fill Kyle Field on April 25th of 2020 with 100,000 worshipers. And so this is a, a like a multi-denominational event, you know, and there's Catholics on the leadership, and it's just it's a huge community event. And so that's the well is kind of a response to that. Where are all the Catholics that show up there, all the people that are interested in the Catholic Church that go there, where are they going to go? Great. Stick with us, listeners. We'll be back after this break to talk about some of these wonderful opportunities for evangelization and discipleship. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us, good timing. We're here live in the studio. I'm your host, Judy Como, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm going to have the pleasure of talking to my good friend, Matt Rice, 
about all things evangelization. Not all things. Okay. I've told you a million times, Judy, don't exaggerate. (laughs) A couple of things about evangelization and discipleship here that we, um, ball is a rolling and we hope continue to roll. Matt, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great. I know uh, you have like this official title that comes with Ablaze Ministries, and that would be President and founder. Founder. Yep. So I mentioned it first. We don't have to start talking about it first, but it really would make me look good. So could we? <laughs> could we? Yeah, we can talk about about a blaze first. Um, so I've worked in youth ministry for I think it's 19 years now, maybe 18. I'm on my in my in my nineteenth year, and Same. Uh, one of the things that I saw after it was I guess it was about 11 years. Um, I noticed that there were some trends in youth ministry that weren't necessarily good mm-hmm. for young people. So or for where the did church. you work before you came to Bryan College Station? So straight St. out of the AM, I went to Louisville, Texas, back to my hometown. Mm-hmm. And I was the youth minister at St. Philip Catholic Church there in Louisville. And that's where I kind of cut my teeth, if you will, for the first two years in ministry. And um, while I was there, there wasn't a whole lot of formation for me. Um, it was kind of a sink or swim kind of thing. And it like actually, once I got hired, nine eleven happened, and so like within the first few months of me being a youth minister, that was a huge thing that happened in our nation. And I, I mean, and then my pastor left. He was in the Army Reserve, and he was from New York. And he said, "I'm I'm going to go and serve where I need to, where I need to serve." And so we were. I was pastorless for a year, um, and so I went through a lot of uh, interesting. Uh, I guess, experiences as a first-year youth minister, and all trying to find out, all while trying to learn what it is I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my, that was my initial experience in youth ministry. The, uh, after, after that, what I realized was that I needed to have an education behind what I was doing for me to actually have any kind of impact in the field of youth ministry or as a youth minister, because my undergraduate was in computer science. Mm-hmm. And I really, literally... I mean, they say that what the average Catholic has an eighth grade education in the faith. That's that's typically that's what they say, and that's where I was. So I had an eighth grade education in the faith. I had stopped studying, you know, after my confirmation, and then I was put in youth ministry. Like, there's no way that anybody would have hired that person unless they had a plan, and God had a plan. You wouldn't have been a professional computer scientist with an with an eighth grade education in computer science. Right. Oh, exactly. Right. Which yeah. we, you know... That, when you're... Bishop Barron talks about that all the time. Right. You know, why do we, we expect, we want excellence in all these other fields, but why do we settle for yeah. mediocrity yeah, in knowledge of our faith? And, yeah. I do want to mention that this is a live program, and we would welcome anyone to call in with a question or a comment about youth ministry, evangelization, discipleship. And you can do that at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA, 855-683-7332. And if you're one of my posse, you can easily text me, and I might notice it. And I would like to uh, invite you to do that. So as we're talking about youth ministry or anything else, be, feel free to call in. Or if you just want to, you know, say hi to Matt Rice and tell him what a great job he's doing, you can do that too. Absolutely. But you can only text if you're saying I'm doing a great yeah, job. No, no complaints. No, no complaints, please. No. Those go to the complaint department. Yeah. Um, so then after, after that, I, I realized I needed to have um, some substance, you know, behind me um, to be able to offer my best, you know, to the, to the young church. 
And so I went and got a graduate degree, and then I, we came back to Texas. And when, when I came back, I noticed that – so these are the trends that I was talking about earlier. What I noticed cool. was the, the high turnover rate of youth ministers. So I'd only been gone for four years. The parish that I had served had gone through four youth ministers. Whoa. And that was not, that's not uncommon. It's not uncommon at it's all. It's really not. Were and they so that, volunteers? They, there at was the time? one year that they had volunteers uh, covering, you know, when they didn't have a youth minister, but uh, they, they weren't all volunteers. No, um, it was a paid position. In, yeah, on the, the, the three other years. And then I also noticed that the youth ministers that I'd started with that were in the area, there was only one that was still in youth ministry in the area. And I'm talking like 10 different youth ministers, 10 different parishes at least. And, and many of them had, had left ministry because they were burnt out. Mm-hmm. They, they had a bad experience. And, and some of them had, have, had even left the church because their experience was so bad. You know, so that that's not a good thing, you know, in in a trend to see in youth ministry. So there's we needed to we need to do something about that. And, and I think there's going to take it's going to take multiple efforts to actually um, counteract that. The, and, and with that trend, with that turnover of youth ministers, you have this this awful um, turnover of the ministry itself at the parish. So every time you change youth ministers, for the most part, that youth minister is out before they even have a chance to pass on their knowledge to the person that follows them. So then the person that follows them is scrambling and remaking things and redoing things. So the whole program changes. Mm-hmm. And then the young people who are supposed to be developing a relationship, an appropriate relationship with, with the uh, youth minister. Loud. <laughs> um, with the youth minister is, is then left high and dry. So if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a freshman and I develop a relationship with this youth minister, and then somebody else comes in, I might give the next person a chance. I might just be jaded and upset that the person I developed a relationship is gone because I don't know why they're gone. You know, and there, there may be a good reason why they're gone. There, it may not be. But either way, it's damaged that relationship that the youth has then with the church, not just with that person but with the church. Right, and it's also a microcosm of what goes on in a parish when a priest is moved— uh, whether it's just for whatever reason it is, the the parish goes through this upheaval. And a lot of times, not that it's a good thing, but youth ministry helps the parish hang on. Music ministry helps the parish hang on while this big transition goes on. So when you have a transition, uh, what you're describing is my whole experience yeah. in, in ministry and youth ministry here. Yeah. And so, I mean, can you imagine doing that every year or every year and a half or two years? Um, so the young church is hurting from that. Um, the, the parish administrations, it gets frustrated by it because things change every, every year and a half, every two years with the way things are done. Yeah. It sounds like what you're identifying is that likely a, a parish is going to go through a situation where one year is going to come along where they're going to have a brand new pastor and a brand new youth minister in the same year. Yeah, likely. Yeah, and that happens often. Um, and if, if it's not the first year, sometimes it's the second year. Yeah, um, and our our experience at St. Anthony with change of pastors, they, they typically don't make any changes for the first year. So you have that year of, oh, let, let me prove myself or let me start working with, and they've been at a parish that had an established youth ministry, hopefully. And a lot of times you don't have the support from the parish or direction as to, let's, you know, a year, 
can come and go in a youth's life. And if it's a pivotal year, they're gone. Yeah. Absolutely. So instability was one of the trends, yeah. fair to say? Absolutely. Okay. You know, and then, so just thinking about it as a profession as well, there is no profession out there that would say, hey, you know, every, let, let's have no way to pass on what we've learned as right. a profession to the next generation that's going to take our place. And there was there there is and there there wasn't any real mechanism to do that within the within the Catholic Church and even still like even as parishes transition from youth minister to youth minister there's no way that they can pass on their knowledge on and so I saw all these and we saw all these and we're like we've got to do something about this you know that we aren't going to be able to fix it all but we can at least do something to to fix this and so that's that was the formation of Ablaze Ministries and folks if you're hearing some banging in the background that's not me running my face into the wall of the studio even though um, that is actually some of the construction and the renovation that's going on here at St. Mary's uh, in College Station. So we're, we're sorry if Please. that's bothering you, but there's there's bear unfortunately very little we can do about it. So yeah. just, yeah, bear, bear with us. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, that's great. So Ablaze was formed to uh, to respond to those needs, to, to respond to the formation that youth ministers need, um, it'd be, to be a great place for youth ministers, for people that are interested in youth ministry coming out of college or or it, that may not even go to college, but want experience and training in youth ministry, this is the perfect place for you because you get to learn about how to be a youth minister while you're actually doing youth ministry. So you gain experience and you gain knowledge, and we, we have conferences and trainings that everybody goes through. So you're supported and you're formed in all the, the important areas that you need to be as a youth minister. And then the parishes that hire Ablaze to do their youth ministry we may have a rotation of youth ministers, but the the way that ministry is done doesn't change. And there's a pass down of that knowledge. There's we we intend for there to be an overlap between youth ministers. Doesn't always work out that way, but that's our intention. That's what we work towards. And so we know when people are leaving, and we we plan for that. And so the transitions are a lot smoother um, with this with this way. And the pastors get to the point where they trust us. They trust that who we're going to bring in, who we're going to hire, and it's like. I've, I've heard multiple pastors say that their two biggest frustrations in hiring are music ministry and youth ministry, and we, we solve one of those problems, um, which, is, which is great. It's really good to, to hear. That's a great mm-hmm. affirmation for what we do. Well, that's, that's exactly my observation of uh, watching your uh, organization grow over the last 10 years, and I— probably have been uh, <laughs> a, rock, a stone around your neck at some point with my because I was a volunteer. I was a member of a parish that was um, known by many. And uh, so that mentality of youth ministry seemed to kind of contradict what you were tr- attempting to do. And as I've learned, and because we here in Bryan College Station, I knew that you were involved in Caldwell. My daughter went to Caldwell, so I knew I could see some of the things uh, firsthand because we did things together as our youth ministry. I knew you were involved in Brenham, and uh, there was a lot of crossover. So uh, as things have uh, adapted, um, and some of your ministers is not just simply a two-year transition and then moving, are getting more involved in the parish. And from my old school perspective, I think that's important, and Absolutely. I can see that. Thaddeus. Yeah, as a as a historian, I think it, it's illustrative to, to go back in the past a little bit and talk about the original name for your 
group mm. illustrates a lot about what you actually try to accomplish. And you, you change the name just because it's, it's more, um, it's, it's an easier way. It's an easier way to advertise what you do, yeah. you know, and it, and it speaks to what you're trying to affect in yes, the, absolutely. in the youth yep. that, that, that their, that their heart is on fire for the Lord, you know, and the light of, and the fire of the Holy Spirit. But your original name, there's a lot there that <laughs> says say what you're, what you were trying to do. <laughs> the original name was Collaborative Catholic Formation Ministries. Yeah. And yeah, that's very descriptive of what we do. My, my friend, Chris Bartlett, mm-hmm. he makes fun of me because every time that I describe what Ablaze does and what we do, he'll turn around and say, it's kind of like a collaborative, you know, Catholic formation ministry. And it's well, like, yes, yeah, but that's exactly you, what it is. Wouldn't you say that, like, how many parishes have this mission statement? And some of them have it on their bulletin, and you read it and you go, what? Yeah. You know, so I, as much as we like to give you a hard time about anything, and I'll always get on board with Chris Bartlett doing it in the public realm, <laughs> rather hilarious, your efforts to define what you were trying to do came out yeah. like a mission statement. Yep. And the mission statement of every parish should be to make disciples. Amen. Period. Yeah, yeah. period. And all that weird, wordy stuff that a mission statement tends to do d- doesn't, so you clarified your mission statement yeah. by... <laughs> Well, and, and that's one of the beautiful things that has come about, you know, is the collaboration between youth ministers. So our youth ministers, they spend about half their time at the parish, um, working with the parish staff and doing ministry, and they spend the other half of their time in the Ablaze office, working together, collaborating, sharing ideas, mm-hmm. growing together, supporting iron sharpening each other, iron, absolutely praying together, mm-hmm. um, and planning. And I mean, we have we have a lot of meetings, but they are meetings that mean something. And most of our meetings, we get a lot of stuff done at the meetings, and we get a lot of vision cast at those meetings. And it's actually, I don't think anybody really dreads the meetings. What they may dread is that they don't have as much time to get other stuff done, but they, the meetings, like we look forward to those meetings because we get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk about some of the other training besides you, <clears throat> excuse me, you training your ministers how how do you get fed? How do you how have you grown as the leader and what ideas do you bring to them? I know y'all travel to the Bosco conference sure. and yeah. things like that. So we have other trainings that, that they that they do now that I did when as we were growing. And as we were growing at the beginning, I was the wearer of all hats. Um, and that's been one of the fun things to see is as we grow, I actually get to take off a hat and hand it to someone else, mm-hmm. and then they can take it and run with it. Um, and that's, like, as far as what my, my personal growth, uh, I attribute a lot of our early growth at Ablaze to the, the John Bosco Conference at Franciscan University. Um, that's actually where I had one of my most significant conver- conversion moments um, was there. And uh, I was evangelized in a, in a real way at that conference. And so that is <laughs> foundational in a way to mm-hmm. what our missionaries do. We always make the road trip the 24-hour road trip to to the to up to Steubenville, Ohio, for that conference. So that's part of the formation that they do. Um, we always send them to other conferences, or, you know, around the around the nation. National Youth Workers Convention is a a conference of non-denominational youth ministers, and very often they are beyond. You know, they're they're ahead of where we are in the Catholic Church, and so we go there. We get a lot of great ideas, a lot of great community um, there. We're always we're part of the National Youth Workers. Nope. 
uh, NCCYM, mm-hmm. that one, whatever I've they do. I've been to that, but I never can remember exactly yeah, yeah. what the name of it was. National Catholic of Conference Youth Ministry, whatever. Uh, one of those. Mm-hmm. And then you have the N- NCYC, that's this year. So we're, we're going to be a part of that as well. Um, and then as, as far as me and my growth, you know, one of the things that I, I, I every year I probably read, you know, five or 10 different business and, and leadership books. And I have grown as a leader ridiculously because of that. And I have uh, amazing mentors that I, that I, reach out to the people on my board are, are ridiculously awesome. Um, and we all, like for other training, we'll have Jim Beckman come mm-hmm. out. Um, we'll have Bob Rice come out and Gina Bauer, different people come and present to our, our youth ministers and pour into them and feed them. Um, and so those are the, all the different ways that we, we do formation mm-hmm. at Ablaze. And so you're celebrating your 10 years of having this thing for lack of a better word. And you, are calling it okay eight not ten <laughs> just sorry. let me know <laughs> sorry uh but you know you're calling it rebranding oh yeah and i, I yeah. want to kind of so the, understand what that means the rebranding or it's actually prob- probably just the branding mm-hmm. you know because uh, we've never actually been branded you know it, like really so ablaze ministries as it's grown has taken on other um ministries because we do a great job, or initially we did a great job of ministering to our youth ministers, but then it was like, well, what do we do for all the other youth ministers in the nation? We need to be pouring into them as well. What can we do to serve them? And my friend Chris Bartlett, you know, over across the diocese was doing ministry called Next Level Ministry, and that's what he was doing. He was coaching youth ministers, pouring into youth ministers, and I said, hey, Chris, we're going to do this. We're going to start doing this. Um, I don't want to compete against you. Would you come into the Ablaze family, if you will? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So he came in, and so with that came a, a different logo that didn't match our logo. And then we started uh, a parent ministry, Beyond the Pew, and that's a, a resource for parents to help bring the faith home, Beyond the Pew, into their home. And uh, and that one you know, developed its own logo. And so we had these three different ministries, you know, approaching youth ministry from a 360-degree angles. Angle? Angles? Whatever. Um, and, and so then we had all these different-looking logos, different-looking type font, all these different things. And it was like, okay, now that we know who we are, now that we have our core ministries here, let's brand and let's do it well. And so we employed the use of drifting creatives or drift creatives. Um, they've done a lot of really great work with different organizations here in the Bryan College Station area. Um, so we employed them to to actually brand us and start like from scratch. They brought in like ten people from Ablaze to to talk to them and run through this whole you know sprint with regards to who are you, what do you do, what what kind of voice do you have, all these different things, um, what kind of images do you like. And then they went to work, mm-hmm. and it was really cool to see what they it came is. up with. It's, it's, I, 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 it. we're proud of it. I, I think it's beautiful. Um, how, how can our listeners, uh, you want to promote some of the ways that they can uh, follow you or some of your social media outlets and different ways that people could contact you directly? Sure. the The website is is really easy um, to find. It's ablaze.us. Um, you can also get there through ablazeyouth.org. Um, which is our old one, and nextlevelministry.org, but ablaze.us. Um, 
I, it's, it's funny, I don't have the Twitter handles in front of me um, or exactly what we are, but if you look for Ablaze Ministries, you'll be, you'll be able to find us pretty easily on all the social medias. Great. I want to remind our listeners that we would love for you to call in and comment. Uh, we're going to move towards uh, focusing on a new expansion that you have that our listeners should be very excited to hear. Maybe they don't know yet, but yeah. they will now. Yeah. But you could call us at 855 855- Six eight three seven three three two. My guest is Matt Rice. We're talking about Ablaze Ministries, and uh, so let's talk about what expansions Expansion. going on. What God is doing. So at the beginning of this year, <laughs> the leadership team sat down in in, Jan- in January, and we said, okay, well, in the next three years, we want to be in one additional market, or we want to expand to one other place. And then with six months later, we're in two uh, two additional places, and it's like God's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Um, so we, he first sent us to St. Louis, Missouri. It's actually Flint Hill, Missouri, outside of St. Louis. And so that's where our first team went. And then Father Ryan, who's on the board at Ablaze and has been a good friend of mine and has watched Ablaze grow, said, hey, Matt, um, my youth minister has left. I want you. And so we're going to St. Louis and Waco. We are in St. Louis and Waco right now. Alyssa is there. She's the co-founder of Ablaze. Um, and she's leading the team there, getting that team all established. It's it's amazing to see what God is doing in both of these locations, um, how excited the communities are to have missionaries there to serve the young church. It's just beautiful. So question, I've got to ask, certainly you have now made St. Louis... <laughs> Here. One of your patron saints of a blaze. <laughs> I mean, that sounds that's pretty providential. I hope this this isn't too personal. Um, but uh, Alyssa actually lost her father at a young age. His name is Lewis. Wow. He is interceding for us. And then you've got there saved- is no, this is this is her dad. Wow. Making this happen. Wow. Like there's no like it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Yeah. Um, St. Louis is absolutely. And you got St. Louis and Zelie Martin, the parents of uh, the little flower too. Yep. And- yeah. Absolutely. It's so fascinating wow. to, um, I wow. think that our faith journey can always kind of be related to this timeline of, you know, okay, that happened then, this happened then. So, you know, if just in this conversation on the radio, you started off here at Texas A&M, here at St. Mary's, where our studio is. We're so blessed to just see what God is doing in this parish and in this building and then... Father Ryan was a transitional deacon at St. Anthony's. He was ordained, hopped around Bryan and College Station, always in relationship with you and Ablaze Ministries, and now he's transferred somewhere else. And I just think it's fascinating to see how what may, you know, that's why we have to have faith. That's why our faith life is so important when whatever event is happening today, there's a reason for it. And we serve a God who sees it all happen at once, the before, the middle, the after, and praise God. And the good that's coming out of Alyssa's loss in her life. I mean, that's yeah. profound. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I've, I actually told her, I, we, we, we spoke a few months ago, and I said, hey, just so you know, I am I'm actually asking your dad to intercede for us because there's no doubt that he's up there working, you know, and, and interceding on our behalf, Yeah, you know, um, which is just really beautiful. And so we, we keep finding other, these other Lewis connections. I think even because we're doing the campus ministry at Riker High School as well in, right. in Waco, 
well, the that bishop's first name is Lewis, you know, Lewis Riker, <laughs> you know, so it's like it's it's all over the place, you know, so it's he confirmed me. Oh, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, are we ready to move we, on? We are. I just I feel bad. It like, seems as though I had. Uh, oh, it. for our listeners who are hearing us say Father Ryan and Alyssa, I want to shout out to their show that airs Thaddeus on Fridays. Sorry. Well, it had been it had been Friday until just a little, a little while change. ago, but just recently, just starting this week, we are moving it to Monday um, every week at eleven a.m. So they are going to be on Mondays eleven a.m. followed by the readings and a homily from a priest here at St. Mary's in College Station immediately after that from the previous Sunday. And their and show is everyday Catholics. everyday Catholics. Everyday Catholics. A lot of fun. A lot of energy. Um, we really look forward to some uh, new content from them. It's very exciting. So, Matt, as you uh, said, it's kind of time for us to transition. We knew this time was oh, going to yeah. fly. Absolutely, fast I'm, always, I'm always worried about having enough time to talk for or enough stuff to talk about for 45 minutes. But then I look up, it's like, oh man, <laughs> we got to roll. Take a breath. Take a breath. So, um, let's talk about One Hope. Yes. So those of y'all that don't know what One Hope is, this is a movement that has actually a long history, and I won't dive into that um, so much as what we're looking forward to. So uh, April 25th is when we are going to fill Kyle Field with 100,000 people to, to worship our Lord. And it's meant to be an, an evangelization moment in the lives of the people that come. So it, it, it should be a very easy place to invite someone um, who may or may not have a relationship with Jesus or his church that you want to invite to come to this event. Um, a lot of times Catholics can be hesitant to bring friends to a non-denominational event because they're afraid that they may be taking them away from the Catholic Church or things like that. That's not the case with this group. This group has um, hardcore Catholics on the leadership team of the event. And my friend Allison Sullivan is one of them, and mm-hmm. Roger Martinez as well. Um, and Allison has said multiple times that whenever they're they're discussing, you know, what what's happening at the event or what's going to come up, they will stop the meeting and they'll turn to Allison and they'll say, "How does this sit with our Catholic brothers and sisters?" So that it's it's Wonderful. in the core of Wonderful. what they're doing, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but so. That's you the, know, I, th- I think that's so interesting because we as Catholics, I would say, view everything through Catholic lenses. And so we think about, um, the word has escaped me, uh, multi-religion participation. We view it from our perspective. And I think I tend to always look at other religions as being against us. Mm. Yeah, and I think and, that it's refreshing to hear this um, ecumenical. That's the word. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word I'm yeah. looking for. Uh, refreshing to hear that that is a focus and a, a re- respect that is coming through yeah. this leadership. One of the things that I've seen is that, is that it seems the lines between denominations are, are blurring, not so much in theology and what they teach, but in the migration, you know, of people from one to another. Um, for better or for worse or, or whatnot. So um, it's really, it's beautiful to see that happening. We have a group of youth ministers. We haven't actually gotten together in a while, but there was a youth minister from uh, Antioch Church who reached out to all the youth ministers in the area, got us all together to come together, to come and pray over the youth of Bryan College Station. Mm-hmm. And we had 10, you know, or no, we probably had 20 on the at the first one. 
um, youth ministers in a room, and we were just praying over the the youth of this town. And so that kind of stuff I feel like is happening more, and they're they're inviting Catholics more often, which is it, it is beautiful to see that happening. Um, so the goal of One Hope is to is to fill Kyle Field and to provide spaces, or you know, to provide. Um, uh, follow-up opportunities for people that when they come, if they want to find a church home, where do they go? And so this is what led to the well, mm-hmm. um, in a way. So I've been wrestling with, you know, for years, and I don't know how many other Catholics out there have this same um, struggle, but it was like, wh- where do I invite my friends? I have this you know? struggle. <laughs> I have this struggle. What do she I do if I've got, I've got a friend that I want to invite into the church I mean, the mass isn't isn't the place for that. the The mass is meant for the evangelized, um, which is one of the reasons why, in the whole RCIA process, the catechumens are sent out. Am I using the right term? Correct. Um, they're sent out, you know, during the um, liturgy of the Eucharist. Right? They're there for the liturgy of the word. They leave for the liturgy of the Eucharist because it's not necessarily meant for them. Um, the mass is meant for those who are evangelized and for full members of of the Catholic Church. Well, so the mass we- is meant for the evangelized. Every time you see the word pew report, we mm. learn oh, yeah. sad news oh, yeah. that that's not happening, yeah. but that's probably another discussion. That is another. That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> which, again, is another reason why we have the well, you know, is to is to set on fire those hearts that, for people to evangelize even the, the Catholics in the pew, you know. So the, uh, the well is intended to be a place for us to invite our friends, to be introduced into the Catholic Church, um, and, it's, and it's a different way of praying— I mean, and that's the beauty of the Catholic Church. You can pray and worship God in in a multitude of ways. There's no one set way. Now, there is a source and a summit, which is the Eucharist. Amen. But there are other ways that we can pray that flow from that and flow back into that. And so that's that's what this is. This is another way to pray. It's a it's a praise and worship night. Um, we we pray together. There's a night where or there's a, a moment where we have a message that's given from a speaker. Um, and then we'll break into small groups and discuss that, or just discuss, you know, what needs, what we, what we want to talk about, or what's on, what's on the heart of the people in the small group. So that's what the well is, and the intention was to be again a place to invite friends um, to at least step a, a dip a toe into what it means to be Catholic, um, and then maybe that would then lead to RCIA. And I, that's that's kind of been my vision is hopefully from here we can invite people mm-hmm. to come to RCIA. Right, because. Like you said, Mass, wonderful. We should invite people to come to Mass, yes. But it, I would think that it's the strange brew of... I, I have a friend who um, just said they were having this turmoil going, really wasn't getting fed in the Catholic Church, wound up in the parking lot of another parish and went in. I, I went to the non-denominational covenant, family covenant, covenant family, whatever it's called here. Um, And at the end, they had what let's call it an altar call. And the way he spoke of if you you are here and you are feeling a loss, if you got drunk last night, if you're cheating on your wife, we, we want you to know that this is a place that you can come and pray over these people. And I'm like, what if someone's here today that would have stumbled into Saint Anywhere with this hard heaviness on their heart, and how would they have been fed in our church? Yeah. They would not have been. 
yeah. most likely. Not in that way. You yeah. probably would have been told you're sitting in the wrong. <laughs> Get out of my seat. <laughs> sitting in the wrong <laughs> spot or whatever. So the need for this place yeah, is this type of ministry. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we've had two we've meetings had two of the well. So far. Um, Barbara and I were discussing, God, this is youth ministry for adults. It was so, <laughs> so wonderful. Uh, we, we really have loved every one of them and continue to invite in every way possible. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, the other reason kind of behind the well is um, I, the St. Monica's Army that we talked about earlier. For those of y'all that don't know, St. Monica's Army is a, a, a thing where we can get together to pray for those who have left the church that have, that have walked away. Well, that's that's great. Let's pray for them. But where are we going to invite them? And so this is a place to uh, to invite them. And then also, as I was thinking about One Hope, you're going to have a hundred thousand people in the stadium. And I don't know the current statistics of the number of people that are former Catholics, but it's a it's a high number. There are a, so the number one religion is Catholic. Is the number Catholic. two is yeah. former Catholic. <laughs> exactly. You know, so the percentage of people that are going to be in that stadium that are either Catholic or former Catholic is really high. So, what are we doing as a church to respond to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like shooting fish in a barrel. It should be like bringing them back home. That should be like our number one focus in this area. And 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 I don't know if we're doing it. So that's that's what the well is is mm-hmm. is to have a space that's already in place and running and and has momentum going before the one hope event happens. Um, and so and just so you guys know, April twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Absolutely. Just so you guys know, our bishop is behind this. He has sent letters to all of our priests saying. You guys definitely be involved in this. Mm-hmm. So, and if you want a copy well, of the letter, let me know. I've got a copy. All I can say is you already have an ace in the hole because Monsignor John McCaffrey was there <laughs> and loved it. And yep. whatever that man touches is golden. So, y'all, and he's involved he in One to Hope be, too. He yes. was at the One Hope launch um, in in mm-hmm. the in the zone room. And anyway, so. Monsignor John's at the, the One Hope has prayer events. I think it's the first Tuesday of every month at SOS at SOS Ministries. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to come and pray for that event, um, I've actually been invited by Brian Lee to to lead prayer. You know, on one of those, which I think is another really cool thing about them welcoming in their their Catholic brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, to to pray with them. Right when um, when we had the first meeting of the well, I got there early just to see if there was something that I could do to help y'all out, and uh, we gathered for prayer. And it went around the circle. And whenever, and it takes place here at the Brazos Cotton Exchange. Correct. Which is above Papa Berez. If you know downtown Bryan, uh, there's an elevator and there's stairs. And it's a, a really cool place. I've, I've been to several functions there. And uh, it can be transformed quite well. And I always think when I'm at a Christian, Catholic Christian function, about the next people that rent that room. Mm. have no idea. Um, years ago, I went to Steubenville, got there early to sign up to be a Eucharistic minister, and as it was in Alexandria, Louisiana, and uh, came up ramps to get up to the place where you sign up, and there was three priests and deacons and altar servers, incense, blessing the place before this event. Yeah. And that was, that's awesome. It affected me profoundly. Yep. 
and uh, sow. So every time you are praying in a space that you right. know is going to be used by someone right. else, you just I think about... I always pray for the next people to, yeah. you know, they don't even know that they're walking on holy ground. How anointed that place is Absolutely. when they walk in. And yeah. that's already taken place at Kyle Field. The lady oh, yeah. that originally had this vision, name is Nancy Crouch, friend of uh, Meredith Olson. So I got in, introduced to this idea probably three years ago. Wow. And she came on the show, and uh, Dennis was the pro- producing at the time. And uh, she said she used to walk around Kyle Field and pray for it and everything. And I said, "Do you know that it's been blessed?" And she's, you know, kind of took her aback because she didn't know about it. And I said, "Well, technically, Kyle Field has been blessed for my whole lifetime because wow. as a." child we had father bilski mm-hmm. who wore a maroon cleric sometimes he was known <laughs> as an aggie priest uh-huh. and uh, also living in such a rural area on the feast of saint isidore he would get in an airplane and fly over the crops and bless them and he would always take a whole gallon of holy water, holy water. and pour it over <laughs> kyle field because if you know their football team history they needed a lot they of needed, blessings. They needed blessings. Yeah. So <laughs> this place has already been blessed when yep. Father David Condor, after the rebuild, I mm-hmm. suppose, was yeah. when he did that. And so this ball has been rolling for quite some time now. So Yeah. And I'm excited to see, you know, and I, I hope that other other ministries, other I hope that the other Catholic churches or, mm-hmm. you know, in the area are thinking about what are we gonna do or what can we do. Right. And so is there conversation about the day of the event? Like is there gonna be Booths or uh, I that's a that's a good question. I know that they will have information out there for um, places for people to to contact or where do they want to go next. And I know that they're going to have specific ministries for different de- denominations and stuff like that. Um, I don't know exactly what that'll look like, um, but yeah. I, and so, what are we going to do as a church to to prepare for that? We're posing that question <laughs> yeah, to everybody on air, out there listening yeah. right now. And yeah. uh, how can people get involved with One Hope? How can people get involved with the well? Is One Hope? Is it just onehope.org? I think so. I did not come prepared to to share their website. Well, I mean, I'm the host here, and I'm not prepared <laughs> either. So, so uh, check hope. out check out our radio. Yes, onehopemovement.org. And that's something that key that that word movement is important yeah. because they don't want to just it's not just an event. This is to start a movement. Um, so onehopemovement.org. Sorry, dot com. Sorry. Oh, dot com. Perfect. Awesome. And the well, if you're interested in checking out the well or bringing a friend, which you should bring a friend if you come, the next time we meet is September 18th. We will meet the third Wednesday of every month through December. And then we'll likely do the same thing in the spring as well. Right now, we are in the Cotton Exchange, which is on the upper room of the Papa Perez building, whatever mm-hmm. that building's called. Um, and, and once we outgrow that space, um, we will be looking for another space. Well, that is my goal. Amen. That is my goal. Yep. I, yep. I, we're we're growing, and it it's so hard uh, as humans to not have numbers equal success mm-hmm. because. Uh, I can tell you that it, it's successful already as the relationships and the different people. Um, I know several non-Catholics that were there by name. Mm-hmm. I know a couple that uh, were coming to Brian and just happened to see on my Facebook, hey, come meet me at the well. And they uh-huh. had no idea what it was, but 
They, they know were you, coming, so they were coming. They were coming to downtown Bryan, yeah. saw the uh, A-frame yeah. uh, thing, and said, hey, let's go check it out. And they did, and planned to come back. That's and, great. Uh, you know, we, we as a radio tried to promote anything and everything that we possibly can. And you put it in the bulletin, and yep, absolutely. you talk about it from the pulpit. But the very best way to really... When I, I was working get to get Matthew Kelly to come, they taught us that someone has to be invited seven times before they'll actually commit to something. Yeah. And personal invitation is the way to do right. it. Right. And so that bears true with the well, but yep. it bears true with our relationship with Jesus Christ. And Amen. if we are not equipped to tell our friends at HEB our reason for uh, hope, we should be. Then we've fallen short. Absolutely. So, uh, Matt, thank you so much for your call to ministry, for your faithfulness in ministry, for your friendship. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for being here and sharing all of these things. Uh, the show will be rebroadcasted on Saturday so we can pick up some more details. Always check out our website here at Red Sea Radio. We'll have some links that uh, can lead to the well. Links... Where'd we get that name, by the way? We um, we were thinking about you know, like what would it because we didn't want necessarily a lighthouse that would be sending in. It mm-hmm. was it was like a place to be fed on the journey. Got it. Well, great. Uh, come and join us. The next meeting of the well is September the eighteenth. I will be there. Me too. Our new. Uh, Apprentice here, Caitlin Brightwell. I can guarantee she's going to be there making an effort and ask all of you to join us. Continue to listen, promote the kingdom.